Welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 70. This is our 2019 Masters DraftKings show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour Previewer at Golf Betting System, and with me we have European Tour expert Paul Williams. Good afternoon, Paul. Afternoon, Steve. Recovered from uh, the exertions of yesterday, getting all of our Masters content out there. Well, it's been very popular. Yes, it has. Yeah, yeah. Lots, lots of listens, lots of, uh, lots of reads so far. You, you sent me the year on year viewer numbers for the po- uh, not viewer visitor numbers for the website, and they were astronomical. Mm. And um, the golf betting show for that we put together yesterday on YouTube is, is already in our top ten ever watched videos, and they're watching me in my shirt time soon. Very smart. You look. Some as well, people have Steve. said I look very dapper. Others have said I look like a complete twerp. <laughs> but you can't please everyone. I also had another person on Paul saying that our podcasts are too long. Okay. It's interesting because a lot of the feedback's been so to make short. it longer so that we can get more information in. I don't think you can please everyone. So uh, Is I that know where you, we're I, heading. I think you um, do the right thing by uh, placing different. Uh, time points in the description so people know Absolutely. where to get to if they want to leapfrog some of the chatter and get to the bits that they want to want to get to get to the juice. Some stuff. guy also said that I say but far too often. <laughs> anyway, let's crack on. Golfbettingsystem.co.uk. Naturally, we're available on social media. You can join our golf betting system Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. That is buzzing this week with the excitement of the Masters. I'm at Bamford Golf on Twitter. Paul is at Golf Betting. Look out for the Golf Betting System YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week as we were discussing a second ago. The podcast is available on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Audio Boom, and a myriad of different pod channels. You can also listen via our Golf Betting System YouTube channel. Naturally, subscribe and follow the podcast. We might get some new DraftKings listeners to this on the basis that our pods usually cover betting. Mm. Please take time to rate and review us on iTunes, and naturally, I will read them out at the start of next week's show. Leave your name in the review so we can read it out on the podcast. Now, as I said, we haven't done a DraftKings podcast for a long, long time. I think it was years ago when we first started at Paul. Yeah. But what is interesting this week is that our friends at DraftKings have come up with a new customer promotion that includes the Millionaire Maker. So, for the Masters this week, you can play free DraftKings Fantasy Golf for your share of $4 million with the first place taking home a cool $1 million. Here's how you can enter. So, in the uh, podcast description box is a link through to this new customer offering for UK residents. Uh, Would that be also for Irish residents, Paul, or UK? The the link there, yeah, it it will default to UK, but if you're from an island in Ireland, it will just just take you through to the .com version of the website and uh, the same deal will be running. Okay, right. So, yeah, for UK and uh, Republic of Ireland residents. Create a new DraftKings account and make your first deposit of $5 or more. You will instantly receive your free ticket worth $20 to the Masters Fantasy Golf Contest, the Million Maker. And um, if you want to go directly to the URL, you need to type into your browser dkng.co. Uh, forward slash capitals GBS. That's DKNG dot CO slash capital letters GBS. That will get you through to this new customer offering for this week at the Masters, your uh, entry into the Millionaire Maker. Cracking deal it is as well. And uh, the, the, the uh, fancy golf millionaire will. As you say, the millionaire maker, as it used to be known, is um, is so massively popular at the majors that um, to get your entry for free for signing up and uh, making that minimum deposit is a cracking offer, I think, and uh, gets you in with a chance of taking home that cool $1 million, which we've all been striving for over the last few majors. 
Once our listeners have signed up through that fantastic offer and they've entered a team into mm. um, into the uh, fantasy golf contest, how would they then be able to qualify or get into the golf betting system leagues that we run? Yeah, so each week we run um, competition or contests ranging from $3 up to up to $20 entry for this week, but generally $10 entry in a, in a regular week. Um, and I tweet them out. I put them on Facebook when I set them up, usually late on a Monday evening over here, UK time, once the salaries have been confirmed. Um, and there'll be a direct link on that. Or you can leave your DraftKings username, um, either tweeters, Facebookers. Um, actually, you could comment on one of the uh, one of the podcasts if you like, and we'll pick it up from there. Um, and we can add you manually to the to the league, and then you'll automatically get picked up for the invites when they go out each week, which is nice because you're then just playing against other people either who listen to the podcast, who come to the site, or who are members of the uh, Facebook group or whatever. And uh, knowing that whoever wins our little mini leagues each week um, takes the money home, and um, just from our pool of people rather than. Uh, some Joe blogs in the public taking uh, taking your money or winning off those people. So, but yes, always a bit of fun each week, and uh, we get plenty of takers. So uh, if you do sign up, or if you're already a, a DraftKings member, then uh, ping us your username, or just keep an eye out on Twitter or Facebook for the uh, for the contests as they are set up each week. Where should we start then, Paul? Should we have? I tell you what, I've had, uh, looked at. Um, I suppose it's a conceptual piece, really, isn't it? Where where are we heading in terms of the win? What do we think are fundamentally important for this week and what we know is likely to happen? Yeah. So the weather forecast isn't a bad spot to start, is it? No, and I guess, you know, we've, we've gone through our um, course preview and um, and betting tips and previous podcasts which you can find on the on the player yeah if you are a new listener uh, podcast 80 was our anti-post preview uh, 60, yeah. hel- uh, 60 sorry 60 was the podcast that had uh, all the details about the course and what we're dealing with we then had a podcast last week which was 68 uh, well 68 and 69 are our most recent masters podcasts uh, one last week, which was all about um, what players we fancied and didn't. And then yesterday's podcast, 69, was who we've actually bet on. Physically put bets on for this week. Now, clearly, we're talking DraftKings and things move on at a pace. So we've now got probably a more accurate weather forecast. Mm. Um, 26 degrees Celsius at 5 o'clock on Thursday. Uh, we're looking at winds uh, from early morning uh, from 6 to 15 miles an hour, but very cold, 14 degrees Celsius. It then warms up throughout the day, but by 5 o'clock, it looks like it's going to be kind of 12 miles an hour, gusting up to 17. So wind will be a factor. It looks like it's going to be um, even um, windier on Friday. Anything gusting over 20 miles an hour across the whole day. Yep. Uh, the actual day itself will be slightly warmer, up to 27 degrees, and in the morning, 19 degrees. Uh, the wind, though, looks like it will be uh, heavier on the Friday. So if you could get some players, potentially, that have got lighter breezes on the Thursday, that might be an advantage to you. We don't know the draw yet, do we? That no. comes out today, yeah? Yeah, tea time over here, so um, it should be around about noon Eastern time, I think. Saturday is completely benign. Players will be taking the course apart on moving day, 27 degrees Celsius. And Sunday, it's just a complete and utter mess still. There could be thunderstorms in the afternoon, and I am seeing a wind up to 35 miles an hour gusting. Well, that is going to keep a lid on scoring, isn't it? Well, it's going to be survival, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, in the past, there was this uh, stat about the winner of the Masters coming out of the uh, final group. And it always used to be, well, it always used to be that way, but it regularly produced the, the winner from the final final group. But um, a forecast like that suggests that you could see all kinds of movement on Sunday next, uh, this week coming. 
Yeah, it's like Willett came from three or four groups back, didn't he, in 2016? Yeah. It is possible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he had a helping hand from Speed, of course, but, uh, but yes, it can happen. The one thing I will say, and I said this yesterday as well, uh, even though it's windy, it isn't going to be biting cold wind. Mm. It is going to be still 27, 25 degrees. It's not going to be freezing cold out there. So it's not going to be the kind of wind you get at the Open Championship that will cut you in half. Yeah, um, it's going to be playable wind, but it is going to be gusty. And, and around that course, with all the way that it's kind of winds its way up and down dale and through valleys, I think a bit of course knowledge is going to be absolutely um, invaluable. Mm. That Sunday wind pool, as we suggested, is still a southwesterly. Yeah, um, it's completely moved though. Thursday, Friday, it's actually more of a south-easterly or due south. Right. So, you know, make of it what you will. Now, the other thing I did take note of, and I tweeted this out, um, last, uh, yesterday they received 46 millimetres of rain. Yeah, um, wet, they closed the course at 3pm. They threw everyone out, players mm. and patrons. Doubt if they threw the players out, but they certainly threw them off the course. Yeah, that is seventy millimeters of rain since Friday morning, and it is going to hammer down today as well. So yes, they have sub air, they have sub air on the greens, they have sub air on the fairway. Someone tweeted me this morning, yeah, but they've got sub air, and you just think, well, that's fine, but sub air isn't like a piece of magic where all of a sudden rain disappears, yeah. and it's you know. Um, even if you've got the best sub-air system in the world, with that amount of rain, the fairways are going to be soft and I think the greens are going to be receptive for certainly Thursday, potentially Friday as well. Yeah, and you'd expect it. There's not much um, rain in the forecast after that point, is there? So you'd expect it to dry out and to get firmer yeah. and faster as they progress through the week. So Saying uh, that, they're left, with a, they're, they're left with a question for Sunday, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, you know, they're they're going to have to send men out with hoses, surely, because mm. you know, you've got 30-mile-an-hour 30, 30 gusts. They, they can't have the fastest Augusta-speed greens because it just doesn't work, does it? No, no the balls will be blowing, blowing around everywhere, won't they? Um, should we just talk about Millionaire Make, uh, the actual winners of this? Mm. Um, I'm going to just take 2017-2018. The team that won this in 2017 was Paul Casey at 7-8, Ricky Fowler at 9-3, Sergio Garcia at 8-3, Kuchar 7-4, Peters 7-7, Justin Rose 9-2. So it was a 49.7k total outlay. Yeah. And if you break that down... No players from above 10k. No. Two players from 9k range, one from 8k, and three from sub uh, from 7k. Last year, um, it was a bang on the nose 50 million outlay. Spieth 10-4, Fowler 9-7, Watson 8-7, and then Reed at 7-7, Hoffman at 7-1, Henley at 7-1. If you take the split there, one ten k plus, one nine k, one eight k, three seven k. So a very blended team there. Yeah. One thing I did note from last year, um, all of the top six, all of that team were in the top twenty one for greens and regulation last year. Patrick Reed being the lowest, he was twenty first. The other five members of that team were all in the top ten for greens and regulation last last year. On the actual event itself. On the event itself. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I think that follows, doesn't it? You, know, you, you do need to hit a lot of greens in regulation at Augusta if you're going to keep your par and if you're going to give yourself some birdie chances. It's not a course where you want to be scrambling more than more than as is necessary. And we know with Patrick Reed, he can get away with it to a degree, and clearly he did last year, because um, he has got such a strong short game. You know, it's that kind of... Battler, isn't he, on and around the greens um, to get to, to get his score um, that way? But generally, yeah, you, you know, you got to be looking at strong, high seventies greens and regulation. Generally, haven't you? I think so. Um, I think it does suit a greens and regulation man. Um, the one thing I will say about last year, it didn't really feature any wind. Mm. 
So the renewal that I'm more interested in is 2017, the one where I was seriously shafted by Garcia because I had Rose and Rose yeah. was in control of the tournament. But we won't go down that route. We don't want to get too depressed. <laughs> now, interestingly enough, pre-tournament, there'd been 55 millimetres of rain. Yeah? Yeah. So not dissimilar to this year. Not dissimilar at all. Also, winds were very, very strong on the Thursday and the Friday. So I've got it noted that round one featured soft, lush conditions. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I also included rounds one and rounds two, which had both had significant wind. Right. Mm, Interesting. And dropped away towards the weekend, clearly. Yeah, yeah, it did, yeah. Although I still think it was quite cold. Yeah. That kind of follows, doesn't it? You know, you ended up with two European... Um, players battling it out at, the, at yeah. the, the back end. You know, if this is one of those events that tends to encourage a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of European quality to shine through. And uh, when the conditions are like that, then it, it can it can certainly uh, certainly be a factor. I think. The other thing I've noted here from 2017, and this is where my I know you and I have looked at this in different ways, which is mm. great for listeners. There will not be listeners, and I know we're going to get a proportion of people listening from America. There will not be any reference of strokes gained. Now, that might blow your mind. You may <laughs> want to switch this podcast off right now. But we're very true. So, to be fair, I do, I do use a lot more strokes gained information these days. Um, mm. I'm not as uh, dinosaur as I used to be. But for this, I'm using good old-fashioned greens in regulation and I'm using our wind numbers. Now, the wind the wind numbers I'm talking about and I'm referencing are available on our golf betting system predictor model this week. We have a wind variable on there. And basically, we record the results of wind-affected rounds, and it's a five-year uh, five rolling model. So, if I go back to 2017, and I look at the guys that were in the the successful uh, millionaire maker, as it was back then. Mm. We're looking at Kuchar, Fowler, Garcia, Henley, Rose and Peters. Right. At that point in 2017, when you looked at at our um, wind variable on the predictor model, Matt Kuchar ranked as first, the best wind player in the field. Fowler was fifth, Garcia 13th, Henley 18th, Justin Rose, 24th. So five of the six are in the top 25 in our in our wind variable ranking. Thomas yeah. Peters wasn't, but Thomas Peters wouldn't because at that point he was a European Tour player. These, um, these This data is from PGA Tour official tournaments, yeah? Yeah, so he won't have, he won't have played enough events to really scratch the surface of that. Absolutely. And now, listeners may also be aware, regular listeners, if you actually read my betting previews each and every week, I have a rolling set of stats for driving accuracy, greens in regulation, and the old traditional putting average, putts per GIR. I did the same back in 2017. Ricky Fowler was fifth in my uh, my 10-week greens in regulation tracker. Garcia was second. Henley was fourth. I mean, those are some serious numbers. Yeah, mm. second, fourth, fifth. Justin Rose was eighteenth. Thomas Peters was twentieth. The only guy that didn't feature in the top twenty was our friend Matt Kuchar, who was down in the bottom ten, believe it or not, at that stage. Completely different to where he is now, where he's yeah, in the top five. Yeah. But as we knew then, he was a fantastic win player. Yeah, good scrambler. Good, good win player. As you say, his, his game, uh, his, his game's turned its, on its head completely because he's been pounding those greens in regulation for some time now. Yeah, if you were to look at the number as it stands right now, McElroy one, Woods two, your friend Xander three, Matt Kuchar four. Mm. Yeah, seems like a good barometer for success. I think. Where are you in terms of your na- analysis? How how are you? Looking at this from your perspective, I do I, I do tackle DraftKings and forming my DraftKings teams a bit differently to the way that I tackled the outright 
betting on on any event and, and this one in particular um because I, I tend to give this one far more credence because clearly the prize is bigger and uh, you know I'll submit multiple teams into the uh, into the into the millionaire maker um and try some different strategies with it um but my starting point is again using the data that we've produced and collated for the for the outright tips and with that I'm looking at the key factors that I think are going to influence performance this week um, it will be a soft course to begin with at least and I think that will have a bearing the bent, bent grass greens are um, different and faster than many of the players are used to playing some players will get on with the bent grass some won't some are far more comfortable on Bermuda greens etc so understanding which players are better on bent grass is a key stat for me um, those who those who enjoy the classical style courses and um, those who play well in the wind as you just said and then you've got the more traditional stats like greens and regulation I think again you know it's gone of the days where you got very limited stats out of uh, performance at uh, Augusta National but even so one stat that's still tends to stick out like a sore thumb is those players who can find um, greens in regulation and I think you need to minimise bogeys around here so if you're scrambling games up to scratch as well and you're, you're hitting greens and then when you're missing you're getting yourself up and down I think both of those factors are pretty critical but then I'm also looking at blending in things like current form um, you know no rocket science there but we've gone through the different factors and the different trends that sit behind um, performance at the Masters and you need historically you needed to have a top 10 performance at some point in your last 10-12 outings so if you're going back to the start of 2019 I want to see a player who's had um, a top 10 finish in yeah. their in their resume um, and then again you know it, it, a lot of this isn't rocket science because you are talking about um, you know stats that are going to kind of slap you around the face but Players who've played here before, players who played well here before. Um, you know, again, you know, looking at uh, players' event performance has got to be a, a, a stat, um, and then also players who have performed well in recent majors. And we saw this with Patrick Reed last year. He'd recorded his best major performance at the preceding major, which was the PGA Championship back in um, back in August, um, and then went on to win. Um, for the first time, his first major um, at Augusta last year. So, um, I mean, I, I put all of those into the mix. And I, for me, I just look at the field, look at the DraftKings values or the salaries and um, and try to pick out people who are appearing in a lot of those individual stats to create myself a pool of players from which I can then form various teams. And the other way to look at this, and I do enjoy this aspect, is um, on our data that we publish on the site we have the DraftKings um, salaries and the current odds from the bookmakers and you can see disparities between those two lines um, and see where there's any value that may lie between those um, between those two comparisons because clearly it's not the salaries aren't just a complete copy of the um, the current bookmaker odds and um, they're not ordered in the same way I mean, if you look at some of the um, some of the players that kind of throw up some kind of disparity at the moment. Uh, Francesco Molinari, salary yeah. 8,600 versus a price of around 22 to 1. Um, and that's out of kilter with the rest of the market there. Kevin Kisner, I mean, these prices were put together, the salaries were put together before the world match play. Um, Kevin Kisner, 6,700 and a market price of around 66 to 1. 6,700 would suggest his price should probably be around about 150s, but clearly that world match play win has shortened his odds quite dramatically. Um, yet, um, clearly his, uh, his DraftKings price is, um, is as it was. Jordan Spieth. I mean, Jordan Spieth hasn't done much this year at all, but we saw some signs of life last week in Texas. And uh, his outright price has been dropped down to 18 to 1 or thereabouts. His DraftKings price, 8,900. Again, you could infer that there's a level of value in that. Um, so that's an interesting way to look at it. Another way I tend to look at it is if you order the field by their um, world golf ranking, and you can often see if there's any outliers there in terms of salaries. And again, another one who pops up there is Francesco Molinari. 
8,600 and he's currently seventh in the world. And he's certainly not priced as the seventh most expensive player. He's down around about 15th, 16th most uh, expensive player in terms of DraftKings salaries. Yet he's the seventh best player in the world according to the world rankings. So I think if you can look at this data in different ways, cut it in different ways, you can start to form an opinion, and this is how I do it, of players who are going to then kind of make the cut through to your final team. And I'll tend to end up with maybe a dozen players from various price points, so those over 10,000, those kind of in the nine to 8,000 bracket, and, and those... Um, it's kind of seven and six who you can then use as fillers almost to uh, to complete your teams. Do you pick chalk? Now, for you know, for listeners in the UK or Ireland that aren't DraftKings uh, familiar, chalk being players that we know are going to be hugely popular. So this week, um, two players that we know are going to be hugely popular. One will be Kevin Kisner, yeah, for the reasons that you told us. One will be Matt Kuchar. So, would you go down the line in this in in this format of actually saying, well, I could pick if I put Cooch, uh, if I include Kucha, I know that I'm in you know I'm in popular company, mm. or do you go down the differentiating route to say, well, I'm not going to put Kucha in, I'm going to put someone in there that's got the X factor that virtually no other person's going to place, and try and and get some some varying players in there to what the norm's going to be. I. I tend, I, I think you can argue it both ways, can't you? Because you could deliberately try and um, avoid the players that are going to be popular, and what you're banking on then is that actually they don't perform. Now, if they don't perform, then you could, you know, you, you could you could hit gold with a relatively, and I mean relatively low performing team. Um, if that player that's expected to do well is highly owned, then goes and performs, then you could have torpedoed all your teams because you've deliberately ste- steered away from them. I, I think you've got to go with your gut feel with it, really. And um, Kuchar's an interesting name you mentioned because he does pop up on a lot of the stats that I'm looking for. Um, but if you're building, um, for argument's sake, 10 separate lineups over the course of your your millionaire maker investment, then I think you've got enough scope to um, to pick and choose different strategies for for those. And I, I, I'll, I'll be including Kuchar in... I'd have thought thirty percent of my teams would be the right kind of spread for Kuchar, and that's uh, whether he, whether he's own thirty percent. I expect it's going to be slightly less than that, but um, it, he certainly will be um, highly owned. You can see that because of his price. Um, so I, you know, for me, I think I'll be um, I'll be in line probably with with where the uh, where the market is with that. I guess, but no, I I I, I don't. In in this kind of event, I don't see that I'll go out and deliberately try and um, oppose what the common consensus is. If you were playing in a um, a short field, so uh, the tournament of champions or the uh, or East Lake, something like that, where there's a much smaller pool of uh, players to choose from, then I think you'd probably need to go and be deliberately um, different to to what the norm is if you're going to attempt to win the main prize. But let's be truthful here, you know, if one of us wins the, the, the million million dollars, fantastic. If you come second or third or fifth or tenth and pick up a, a good haul of thousands of dollars as a result, you're still going to be pretty chuffed with it. And if that means that you've picked Kuchar as opposed to not picking Kuchar um, to achieve that, then, then so be it. Mm, yeah. One thing you do need to include, and that's happened across all of the four winners... You have to have the winner of yes. the tournament. Oh, without a doubt. You need that win equity. Absolutely. You've got to have those points from the winner. I don't think you... And realistically, you're going to need to get... Um, all six of your team are going to need to be um, very close to, to the final top ten, aren't you? You, you? I don't think there's any scope, if you're going to win the million dollars, for you to be including a player who's finished 35th. I don't think that's... You, you know, you'd need first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and thirty-fifth, I guess, to, to even come close to getting that. So, it's it's a tough ask. You know, there's a couple of a hundred thousand entries into this event to uh, to beat to get there, but um, we'll give it a good stab, I think. Do you want to go through your players that you're interested in? Yeah, I, and again, if you 
It'd be interesting to see how ours compare in the end. Yeah, because we haven't listeners. We haven't colluded. We haven't spoken about this off mic. We don't genuinely know. No, um, I mean at the top end, and if you're looking at players who at the top end of the salary, I will be going heavily on Rory McIlroy because I think Rory McIlroy will win the golf tournament. Now he's eleven thousand six hundred in DraftKings, and that's no bargain whatsoever. Um, DJ eleven thousand three hundred. I fi- I see far, far, far more scope in including McElroy in um, the bulk of my teams, and I'm talking well over fifty percent here, because um, I think he's got an outstanding chance of winning this golf tournament. And um, so, if you've got Rory McElroy at the top, the ch- the challenge of that, as as everyone all knows, then you're starting to compromise from the very outset with the uh, the players that you're including from the mid and the lower range, because you need yeah. to try and squeeze them in one way or the other. Um, but the top end, and if we're talking ten thousand above, um, McElroy I'll be using, uh, Justin Rose I'll be using to a lesser extent, but I will be using him. And for me, they're the only two that I'll be including that are above that ten thousand bracket yeah now, Rory loves a soft golf course we know um you know and it's going to be it's, there's going to be an element of softness for the first uh, first couple of days at least he's got a great record here he's in decent form won the players I don't I, you know the, we made a decent case for him yesterday in the outright market um in terms of betting and for me I've just I've, I've got to have him I've got to have him in the team um you know there's no nothing outstanding there in terms of the justification for that, but um, I think it gets more interesting when you start to look down the, um, you know, the lower tier from there, because um, Ricky Fowler, in terms of win playing, in terms of bent grass performance, he's a player that I'll be using um, on a number of teams. Nine thousand seven hundred. You know, second last year, um, decent record here, full stop, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He's. Um, if there's a player, and again, we went through the trends in one of our previous shows, if there's a player that ticks every box alongside Rory McIlroy, it is Ricky Fowler. Fowler. Yeah. Um, and for me, there's more upside, including a, a 9,700 Fowler in my teams than a 10,000 John Rahm or a, a, a 10,200 Justin Thomas, who's seemingly out of, uh, out of form. But then it gets a bit more interesting when you go further down the list because a player who kept popping up and all of the stats that I had pulled together for this um, was Hideki Matsuama, 8,700. Yeah. I haven't backed him outright in terms of betting. I haven't I haven't really considered him that um, extensively. But in terms of performance in soft, cult, soft golf courses, he's there. He, yeah. he likes bent grass greens. We know he's very bent grass green positive. Um, it can play classical golf courses. He's decent in the wind. He hits a lot of greens in regulation. You know, a, a lot of these key stats that I was looking at, he really does pop up. Decent. He's, he's scrambling at the moment. He's very, very strong as well. Decent form. Um, generally, and there's been some. Been, yeah, I guess when you're betting on him outright and expecting him to actually win, he's there's, there's just been this odd factor here or there that's been holding him back. You know. I remember watching him a few weeks back and he was missing a lot of his uh, drives to the right. His putting's been a bit off and then it's been on and then off again. But um, at 8,700, he will be a player that I include in, again, a decent proportion of my of my teams. Um, similarly, I can't really get away from Jordan Spieth. Um, again, he pops up in a lot of the data that I'm looking at. And for me, I think that kind of mid-price there, most of my teams will be alternating between Matsuyama and Spieth um, as that kind of second-tier player who, who complements Rory or Rose. So a lot, a lot of my teams are going to end up starting with those two players. Then, of course, you're going to have to try and fill the rest of the gaps with players that are out there. Um, Kuchar, we talked about, he's going to be forming a decent chunk of my teams. Um Francesco Molinari, I think, does represent some value at eight thousand six hundred. Um, Xander, I tipped him, backed him outright. I've got to include him in a number of my teams as well. He's eight thousand five hundred. But I don't think, other than those players, there's a great deal more scope for me to include players um, around that level because I'm going to be struggling to 
to fill the, fill the final gaps then in terms of hitting that 50, 50k level. So yes, well, should we should we stop there then? Because that that's a good place to end mm. the park it. Well, we can compare where I'm at. Yeah, go for it. At the same kind of price points. Um, I've written down there eight names that you mentioned. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've got five in the yes column, three in the no. Okay. Now the way I'm looking at this is pretty much exactly what I went through earlier. I'm looking at the top twenty in my rolling eight week as it is now GIR tracker and I'm looking at um, the top 25 in our wind variable tracked over the last five years on PGA Tour events yep. and I get to the following names McElroy mm-hmm. yes Fowler yes Matsuama yes I've got Kuchar yes and I've also included as the X factor someone that is nowhere near the top of the GIR number. But don't forget, Matt Kuchar wasn't mm. back in 2017. What Matt Kuchar was was top of the wind variable. Yeah. And if you look at the wind variable, Jordan Spieth is top of it right now. Yeah. So yeah. you have to include Spieth, in my opinion. Yeah. In a in a pod type system, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This isn't, a, this isn't a team that I'm pulling together. Obviously, this is a this is a pod scenario. Mm-hmm. At the price points that we're discussing, um, you could, of course, look at Dustin Johnson. Very good in crappy weather. Um, it's up for debate if you're a McElroy, you're a J- Johnson fan. A lot of people will actually say with horrible weather coming in, wind and whatever, I'd much prefer the saving of three hundred. Um, uh, 300 over what you're getting with McElroy um, when I look at the the fact of the matter and the statistics and where I'm heading for me McElroy's bulletproof for this week Dustin Johnson has a weakness around his putting potentially and uh, I, I read comment today that he's he doesn't know what putter he's going to use for the tournament and he's, yeah. he's practicing with different putters which doesn't feel great for me um, on a Monday of, a, of of the Masters. No, and um, you went through some interesting stats with uh, Dustin yesterday in terms of his bent grass, pure bent grass green wins over his career. And it's clear that he does perform and putt better and win more tournaments when it's either bent power yeah, or Powana yeah. or, or yeah. Bermuda. We're, split, we're splitting hairs, but we're dealing at the top of the market, aren't Absolutely, we? Absolutely, yeah. think I think DJ's had few, four pure bent grass victories on the PGA Tour, and McElroy's had seven. Mm. And if you actually look at that as a proportion of their total wins, McElroy's far more bent grass positive than DJ is. Yeah. As soon as you throw Powana in the mix, um, DJ's unbeatable, really, isn't he? He, oh, he, just, yeah. he just thrives on those, on those putting surfaces. The other players to take note of across the, this analysis, fourteenth in thirteenth uh, in my rolling GIR model and in the top twenty in the wind variable is Paul Casey at nine thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, and also in there, and he could be an X factor. He could be the kind of player, and I know that a lot of DraftKings players will use him in some of their lineups and he could be that X factor someone that a lot of people will totally ignore someone that you will ignore uh, but some people may go down the route of saying well I'm going to place him because if he does connect if he does stay healthy and he plays to the best of his ability he will be a factor he is 10th in my greens and regulation tracker he is 5th in terms of the wind variable Jason Day at $9,100 yeah, we had a question on Day, which we kind of went through on yesterday's pod, um, and it is interesting, isn't it? Because you're taking a chance with Day, um, that he is fit, he is healthy, he's not going to drop out after six holes and um, and shatter your shatter your chances of uh, of winning a decent uh, a decent prize um, by scoring you no points. But he's well capable on the flip side. Um, I can see people taking a chance with him and. If you take a chance of when it pays off, then hats off to you, man. Players, I'm just going to mention players who are plus $8,000 
and do not fit in this analysis that I'm looking at. Mm. Louis Oosthausen. Yeah. Well, it's the same Tony kind of feet. Same kind of argument with Louis, isn't it? You know, yeah. he, he can turn oh, up and his, his back goes and uh, you've got a WD on your hands. But yeah, I'm sure that a lot of teams will, a lot of players will use him and Day, just a sprinkle of them in some lineups. Yeah. Um, Tony Finau at 8-2 doesn't fit for me. It, this is slightly unfair um, and a lot of this is the fact that I have rolling five-year models and this gentleman hasn't been on the PGA Tour for that long. But Xander Schauffele, for me, drops out mm. on the wind basis, not on the GIR basis. He is actually third in my rolling GIR yeah. model. So I'd kind of take that with a pinch of salt. Uh, Louis and Finau. Yeah. Uh, Francesco Molinari doesn't fit across my wind variable, which I found surprising. Uh, and also on the basis that he won the uh, he won the Open Championship in quite windy conditions, you kind of take it or leave it really with that one. One that doesn't for sure is Bubba Watson mm. um, and Bryson DeChambeau. Although you could also take with Bryson that he hasn't been on the PGA Tour that long. But we are looking at what you know we're looking at ways of excluding people. Yeah, other players that don't fit. Rambo. Yeah, I can't, get, I, can't get excited. I can't get excited about either of those, I must say. I know that he has been over here in the UK, quite rightly. A lot of people have looked at his chances and uh, they he's a very popular guy over here in the United Kingdom for, the, for this, uh, both from a betting perspective and DraftKings. But this forecast for me doesn't suit John Rahm in the slightest. No. No, no. It was, as we said um, yesterday, if it was benign and soft and scorable then John Rahm could be right up there but particularly on Sunday if it's going to get you know it's going to get challenging he could be right in contention and uh, and still I could not see, I could see John Rahm lurking after two rounds and firing in a ridiculous 64 on the Saturday mm. and getting right in contention I can see all that yeah and whether seven, he survives the Sunday, Sunday does he survive the Sunday yeah no I don't think so not, not in his current kind of frame of mind not in the, the way that he currently um, deals or doesn't deal with adversity when it comes along on the golf course he'll learn it eventually. he is uh, the sixth most expensive player in the roster isn't he and mm -hmm. above him is Justin Thomas at 10-2 he doesn't fit either mm. in terms of my analysis yeah Tiger. what about Tiger where does Tiger fall for you I think Tiger. I, I think Tiger will have a good week. I don't think he'll win the, t the golf tournament. Um, I couldn't back him at fourteen to one. Um, the, the challenge is at ten thousand five hundred. If you are heavily rostering Rory McIlroy, which I will be, um, there's little or space Dustin Johnson. If you're going down that route, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's just there's there's little scope to include two of those guys at the very top, unless you're going to seriously, and I mean seriously, compromise with your. Um, Stars and Scrubs strategy at the at the yeah. very bottom. This was it. I mean, twenty fifteen. There was one player in the winning teams. Yeah, one mm. player plus ten. Twenty sixteen, one player. Twenty seventeen, no player. Twenty eighteen, one player. Yeah. So you've got to choose between Ram, Thomas, Woods, Rose, DJ, and McElroy. Who? What? What horse you're riding, really? Yeah. If you're going down that that route. Yes, and if you do go with two of them, you're going to have to be extremely lucky or extremely canny about the player that you get or the players you get right at the bottom end. Well, you might, you, you might, you're going to be including Larry Myers at 6,000, <laughs> aren't you? And Kevin O'Connell at 6,100. I don't know who Kevin is, but no, dis, no. if you're listening, Kevin, don't get too upset. What about Jose Maria Lazabal? You squeeze him in at 6 1. Well, this is it. It's, you know, are these players going to get close to making the cut, let alone. Justifying that kind of, uh, you know, inclusion in your in your team. I mean, the, the flip side is there are, there are perhaps a few down there that you could take a take a chance on. I expect Lucas Berrigar to be popular um, because yeah. of his performance at the World Match Play, where he, he did stand up to a lot of big players to, to beat beat Tiger Woods um, in match play. Is a you know, it's a huge feather in his cap. Now, you make a valid point here, Paul. And I think one thing that American listeners will really appreciate, especially as you are our European tour expert, 
is the European tour view. Because you said to me something very, very important yesterday. You said, as Danny Willett would attest to in 2016, Thomas Peters in 2017 as well. Who's that European tour player that that our friends the other side at the Atlantic might not know a lot about that you think can actually be a feature in the top 10, even potentially the top five this week? Is there one? Is another question. I mean, someone else asked me a similar kind of question the other day. Um, and it was about, you know, who, who would you pick out of the likes of Eddie Pepperell, Matt Wallace, Lucas Beregard to, to, to finish top 10, to, to reward um, each way backers over here in the UK who are getting 10 places each way. And um, mm-hmm. I'm not convinced any of them will, but I, could, they, could they pay you back from a DraftKings perspective? Quite possibly. And Eddie Pepperell's proven um, increasingly proving that he can perform well on a you know on, on a world stage. He's he did well at last year's Open, and um, he did well again recently at the Players Championship. Um, he's stepping up his game. And um, for Lucas Beregard to get through to the semis of the World Match Play, that's a huge step in the right direction with him. And Lucas, we know about Lucas from his European Tour um, exploits over the years. When he plays well, he's a very strong tee to green play hits the ball a long way he can hit an awful lot of greens in regulation and the challenge is it's his first look at Augusta the challenge with Eddie Peppels his first look at Augusta and Matt Wallace who I've got a lot of time for and I think he'll be contending for major championships with his mental approach with his with the the way that he um, approaches his game the way that he really is um, so professional about the way that he manages himself. I think he'll be a player who can perform at major championships for many years to come. But it's his first look at Augusta National. Yeah. And um, I don't. It's a it's a tough you one. Could have you would have said the same about Thomas Peters. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. If I if if I were taking a chance on one of those players right now, um, at the price on offer, I think I would be going for Lucas Berrigard. Simply because, in my mind, his long game fits Augusta better than the other two players that I've mentioned. And he's coming off a very strong performance in a World Golf Championship event, so he must know mentally that he can perform with the very best in the business. Absolutely. Well, he beat Tiger Woods. Yeah. If that's not an incredible shot in the arm for him, um, for his career, then um, I'll be shocked and surprised. So... Um, when he when he finds his way back into some of the events that I cover over the next few months, um, he's got to be seriously considered because that's a huge piece of form. So a, a little sprinkle of six thousand four hundred dollar Lucas Bierguard wouldn't be the worst shout. No, I think if I'm if I'm putting a team together and I've got six four six five six six left and I'm trying to find that final player yeah. to slot into that place. I think my yeah. go-to player would be Lucas Beregard at that level. Yeah. Uh, the other one, not necessarily from a European perspective, but from a, um, a kind of a lesser-known perspective, is uh, Satoshi Kodaira, who, yeah. again, is perennially under, underrated. 6,300. Yeah. Um, 28th here on debut last year, so certainly not overawed. And if, again, if you're looking for someone to fill that final spot... Um, you know, could he improve on that slightly? Finish fifteenth, eighteenth, twentieth. That could be a, a, you know, a, an important haul of points for a team if you've gone quite top heavy with it. Otherwise, um, so yeah, at the bottom end, those were the two that kind of really stuck out, stuck out to me. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting dilemma, um, and I think that that debutant market um, in 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 isolation is hugely competitive. Um, and fascinated to see how some of these some of these guys go, see how the Brits go, see how see how Eddie goes, see how Matt Wallace go. Will be interesting to see. My um, analysis, and we're going down towards the bottom end of the market. Um, it throws up one player that I'd be surprised isn't on your radar. Mm. He's in the top twenty 
across my role in eight-week greens and regulation model. He's also number five in the wind, in our wind variable. Charlie Hoffman. Yeah. He is a must, I think. An absolute must include at $6,800. Yep. Oh, he's, he's, uh, he's ticked an awful lot of the boxes I was looking for. And for, for getting someone at that kind of level and someone who played so well last week. Last week. Um, he's and he's a momentum guy, isn't he? He is, so yeah. When, it, when, his, when his confidence is boosted, he just he keeps on a roll. He's, uh, yeah, he's, he's got this habit of getting out of the blocks extremely quickly here at Augusta, which we know is critically important anyway in terms of keeping up with the pace. Yeah. Um, and when he's in that kind of position, he can hang about. I, I, don't, I don't think he's going to win the golf tournament. Um, 100 to 1 outright is the price if you're betting on Charlie. And I think that's probably about right. Um, he's less than half that price for first round leader, which tells a completely different story. Which suggests he can get out. He can be scoring heavily for you. I mean, that course form of what 27, 9, 29, 22, 12th last year. The guy can play the course. Um, Six thousand eight hundred. Yeah, I, again, he's going. He's going to be pivotal to a lot of the lineups that I put forward this week. Mm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. Um, I then jump up to seven thousand dollars for our old friend ch3 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. fifth in the wind variable tied with our friend charlie hoffman and 12th in the rolling greens and regulation model yeah. so howler um, local man from from augusta um, he's just he's just that kind of consistent sort that won't be blown off the course and he you know if you're wanting someone that's good Potentially back end top ten or top twelve. I think how's how's your man this week? Yeah, that that's kind of how he rolls, isn't it? You know, if you if you look at many a golf tournament and and top up uh, top twenty finishes mm-hmm. um, over the years, it's uncanny how many times Charles Howe will sit at the top of that list. He has performed consistently um, at so many golf tournaments, and again, this is. 19th on his last start back in 2002, I think it was. 13th there early in his career. And coming off the back of a lot of consecutive top 35 or better performances over over his last few starts. He just doesn't win enough, does he? You know, that, that, no. RS, that RSM win he got on the back end of last year. No. Um, you know, that you could say it had been coming because it had been coming for years and years and years. And then, <laughs> well, yeah. It had been coming for over 11 years, Paul. Yeah. And that, that you know, everyone's completely given up backing him by that point. But um, eventually, he gets over the line. Eventually, it works. You know, eventually those putts do drop on the Sunday. And um, but can he come here and finish fifteenth? I mean, at that price, at seven thousand dollars salary, that's kind of where you want him to come. Twelfth, eighth, tenth. You know, that kind of bracket, and he's he's justified his inclusion in your team. When he has performed here, he's had a thirteenth in 04. Thirtieth uh, in 07 and like, as you said, his last outing here was nineteenth in twenty twelve. Mm. He was twenty fifteen. Uh, he was twenty eighteen at Shinnecock last year in the U.S. Open. So windy, tight scoring conditions. He was twenty fifth. So he can he, he can hang around on leaderboards at majors without ever threatening any yep. kind of lead. Yeah. But that, in this, in the context of this game, that's fine. If he does, yeah, if he, absolutely. if he, Especially if he, that price point. yeah, if he finishes tied twelve for you, then then he's served his purpose. I, I couldn't agree more at that price level. Yeah, and I know, I know that uh, you get the ten shot rule and whatever, and mm-hmm. you know, you, you you can almost discount what fifteen to twenty players who aren't going to make the cut. Yeah. But you do need six players that get through the cut line. To yes. Have any chance in this whatsoever? Oh no, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. I think how I think Howe's a very good stocking filler at that price point. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a couple of others that are at that that sort of mid range that I'm I'm looking at. One hour a podcast colleague. It was funny. I was doing this analysis and all of a sudden there was a message popped up from him. I cannot believe he said that this guy has not been mentioned in anything I'm reading or anything I'm listening to about the Masters. Mm-hmm. Um, he's eighth in a current greens and regulation tracker. He's twenty fifth in terms of the wind variable, and he, he he actually won an Open Championship in very windy, tough conditions. 
Henrik Stenson, who finished fifth here last year. Yeah. I think Stenson is not a bad shout at seven thousand six hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, he, to include in a pod of potential players, he's well capable, wasn't he? It, it made it through to the um, group stage. Uh, no, sorry, to the knockout stage at the match play as well. So there's a little bit of form there. I, I, I tend to get Stenson wrong when I'm backing him out right, but um, but yeah, I I wouldn't um, I wouldn't put anyone off including him as part of a uh, kind of a rotation of players around that kind of seven thousand mid seven thousand price point for this. Um, the other one that I will mention will be the 2017 Masters champion, Sergio Garcia. Yeah. 15th for my greens and regulation tracker and 15th for the wind variable, $7,700. Yep. And that includes my, that is my pod, in essence. McElroy, Fowler, Spieth, Matsuama, Kuchar, Casey, Day, Hoffman, Howe, Stenson and Garcia. Yeah. Now, I've got, I've got Stenson and Garcia both listed in various positions for me. Kevin Nahr, 6,500, yeah. another one if you're looking for some variation at that kind of price point who um, could outperform his, um, outperform his price, I think. Keegan Bradley, if I could trust him to make some of these three-foot putts um, could uh, could go well. Um, he's just frustrating, isn't he? He, gets, he? he can get himself into a strong position every now and again, and then it just it just disintegrates on the greens. It's um, it's a it's a shame, really, because I think there's a lot of his game right now is uh, is going well. But yeah, that those kind of price levels, Steve Hoffman. Absolutely, Kuchar is going to be a mainstay of a lot of my teams. Uh, Sergio popped up, definitely um, held a third. Yeah, I, again, I think we've we've kind of gravitated to the same kind of players, which is either a very good thing or probably more likely a very bad thing. And then right at the bottom end, uh, Kadira, um, as I say, six three. Lucas Berggaard at six four, two complete some of those teams so yeah just to uh, reiterate the guys at the top then I mentioned Rory and Rose a uh, bit of Fowler Matsuyama Spieth um, and then we start to get to the likes of Xander Francesco Molinari I will be including on some some of the builds as well um, before we get down to that uh, to, the, to those final lower priced guys that we've just mentioned just now and then try and divvy up some teams between those uh, those guys there I think I'm going to need to include someone from sub six thousand eight hundred dollars if I'm including Rory McIlroy. Yeah. Well, it, it's not even that actually. That that's not true. If I'm if I'm including um, Rory McIlroy, I'm struggling to include Ricky Fowler. Mm. So it could be a case where I go for a lineup that say um, McIlroy and Casey potentially. Uh, it wouldn't be McElroy and Fowler. It can't be. So McElroy and Casey could be one way that I look at it. Um, I've got a sneaky feeling as well, and I've, I've tipped him up for Tommy Fleetwood as well. Yeah. He doesn't appear in the wind variable top 25, but he won't because he's only been playing over in the States, uh, what, going on a year now. Mm. But we know PGA National, very windswept tournament last year. He was in the top three. He has no issues in, in windy conditions. No. Um, the only thing that slightly put me off from a DK perspective is he, he isn't the cheapest, is he, at $9,200? No, no, but he's got the, got the ball-striking prowess to, uh, to, to cut through the wind and to, to perform well at Augusta National. There's, there's, a, there's a lot to like about him. Um, if you fancy him outright, I'd, I think you'd need to build him into some of your lineups just to... Uh, complete that circle really I think the thing that kind of puts me off in he's, he's top 10 on DraftKings and he's, he's 12th stroke 14th in the betting mm. so he's slightly more overvalued yeah but yes he could he, he could be in the mix as well potentially I'm just looking right down at that bottom end I mean uh, I'm, I could be a sentimental old fool but someone like Jimmy Walker for a top 20 like he did last year Never can tell with Jimmy, do you? Since he's had the Lyme's disease and he's struggled. Yeah, 
Yeah. A sprinkle a sprinkle of Jimmy Walker might be advisable. Six thousand six hundred dollars is very very uh, cheap, and he's the same price as our old buddy Emiliano Grio. Yeah. Oh, and he's got a consistent record here. I'll give him that, Jimmy. And it's just not been playing particularly good golf. No. But as you say, a lot of that's down to um, his continued to continued recovery back to to full health. Hmm. So we actually from diverse directions came up with a very similar list of players didn't we yeah 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 absolutely and it's just how you end up cutting them into your various teams from yeah. here on in i think this is something that i mean we can't do this week to week i don't i don't know if there's the demand for it potentially and also we haven't got the time but i think for the major championships i think a draft kings uh, a draft kings edition to the the podcast is is something that we should be doing ongoing. Yeah. No, it would be interesting to listen to some of the feedback from from you guys who've made it this far and sat down and listened for an hour so far of, uh, of us uh, chewing the fat over this week's contest and let us know what's good, what's bad, what needs to be added, what needs to be taken away and we can kind of build it up from there because as you can probably tell from the last hour, we're feeling our way through this um, process and subject anyway. So... Um, let us know, guys. Tell us what you think, please. Absolutely. Thank you for your time, Paul. Much appreciated. Yeah, good luck with your teams. I'll be speaking to you next at uh, the, on the RBC Heritage podcast next week. Look forward Look to it. Look after yourself and uh, to listeners. As I, we said at the top of the show, there's that link through to the millionaire mm. uh, um, sign-up offer for new customers. And uh, just enjoy your Masters week as much as you can. Of course, it's only once a year and it goes very, very quickly. Thanks for listening. We will see you again very soon on the Golf Betting System podcast. Goodbye. <laughs>